Hello, and welcome to the Business as a Christian podcast. We understand that many Christian business owners, managers, and leaders have to balance the elements of their faith, the demands of their business. Simon struggled with this for years and has been led to share his stories and those of his guests with as many people as he can reach. We hope you enjoy the podcast. And now, here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast episode of Business dot 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 as a Christian. And today I'm joined by one of the initial people that during my previous podcast episodes of Business Success and Coffee inspired me to think more about how I can talk about my faith, my Christianity and my journey along with my my faith and my Christianity with my business. And I'm joined today by Paul. And Paul is a transformational leader who's passionate about seeing people led well and equipped to make powerful and positive impact for the furtherance of God's kingdom. And people are amazing assets and we should treat and lead them well and they deserve to be led well. And unfortunately, many Christians, as I'm sure many of the listeners listening to this, find that we're not equipped with the tools and the skills necessary to develop ourselves to a place of living the victorious life that Christ has purchased for us, let alone build and lead strong teams necessary to fulfill the call on their lives as well, because it is about having that balance. And the ones who are typically uh, are not developing others to carry on uh, on what they've built. And yeah, it's, it's really important that we recognise the balance between our business and our lives as Christians. And I'm so pleased, listeners, to have Paul on the podcast because he really, really brings some insights and some balance to that existence. So welcome to today's podcast, Paul. And I deliberately didn't mention your last name because for the life of me, I can't remember how to pronounce it. So I'll let you introduce, introduce yourself fully and it's glad, glad to have you on today's podcast. Thank you, Simon. Uh, yeah, my name is Paul Lemire. Um, and thank you so much for that great introduction, Simon. Appreciate that. And I know as as well in the the information that you sent across, you know, it's not just what you do in your business and in your aspects of that side of your life, but you're also a member of the John Maxwell Leadership Team uh, and their President's Advisory Council. Um, I never really got to speak to you too much about that when we spoke last time. How does that fit with the the journey that you're on at the moment? That's been a really big part of it, actually. Um, yeah, I was a high school educator for about ten years, uh, and I and I, I finished that career in twenty twenty. Yeah, with with the start of the pandemic, uh, I was laid off. I was not tenured, and it was actually a blessing in disguise. January of twenty twenty, three months before anybody knew that the world was going to shut down. Yeah, my yeah. wife and I were just really crying out to God and thinking, God. I don't feel like I can be a father to the kids that I'm working with. There are so many laws and regulations and mandates of what I have to teach and what I'm not allowed to teach or yeah. talk about in the classroom that um, we were really crying out to him like, Lord, what's what's the next step? I, I've, I've faithfully stayed here for 10 years, but it's getting harder and harder for me to be able to do uh, life as a believer in this profession. And I was also crying out for time. Uh, you know, as a teacher, you're you're constantly balancing lesson planning and grading. You know, yeah. uh, 
those two things. And I just didn't have time to invest in myself. I didn't have time to do ministry and, and, and serve others um, in a full on Christian capacity. So when the pandemic hit, uh, it was a real blessing for us. Uh, we had already decided three months before that if I if I got rehired, we were going to spend one more year in in the teaching profession, but we were going to start to okay. gear up for business. And if not, we were going to jump in uh, full force. So we jumped in, had to figure out what we wanted to do, and I decided to to do coaching. And I found uh, back then it was the John Maxwell team. Yeah. And even now, I still pinch myself and think, you know, God, you totally tricked me here. I thought I was going to get trained as a coach and realize that I, I got to be a coach, trainer, and a speaker. I still got to teach. Uh, I'd always wanted to be a motivational speaker as well. And I got all of these things in one. Plus, the community is largely made up of Christians. Yeah. So I found really a, a tribe of people that were for lack of a better word, weird like me. They, the people who just loved <laughs> adding value to others, loved serving. Their whole their whole lives are, are are you know around serving because of their heart and their love for the Lord. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you say weird there. I I instantly thought of a great so one of my favorite Christian groups is Casting Crowns, and I love the way they put their latest albums particularly together with a real story of a, a, a sort of a, a a theme and a, and a mission that they're on through that latest one healer in particular but my, my wife uh, isn't a christian yet uh, she's a work in progress still uh, and one of the songs that she always i see her eyes roll up uh, and i turn it on full volume is the one that i can't remember which album it's on it might even be the latest album but it's crazy people uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's an incredible uplifting song you know and we should be joyous that we're seen as crazy weird people you know because that sets us apart from other people it shows the light that god has given us doesn't it and yeah i i, I used to and again this ties in with the theme as a as a, as a business person uh, and a christian i used to sort of hide my christianity underneath a bit of a cover so you know people knew i was a christian but i didn't really go out and shout about it and here i am now doing a podcast on the very theme so yeah you know uh, god takes you in some uh, incredible directions but it now it's so joyous to be able to be seen as one of those crazy people because you get to say what you want to say you get not to be afraid of what other people think of you and that's a real challenge as we are in business it's not so much of a challenge out in in the world i mean it's getting harder i'm sure you find that certainly here in the uk we find it harder but in business it's been hard to be that crazy person to be that weird person um than than it ever has been in my life and that's always been a struggle for me i don't know what your thoughts are on that paul yeah it is it's it's so freeing and that's what i hear you talking about mm. simon and I think for men, it's harder. We, we compartmentalize things. And, and my journey is very similar. With certain circles, I could be a full-on Christian. I could, I could minister. I was you know, known for my ability to teach the word of God. And then there were other circles, you know, especially with, with, with folks who were, who were more liberal, who didn't, you know, atheists and people like that, where I, I walked in my values, but I never used Christian talk. Um, yeah. and I feel like I could be authentic. 
And I think for me, I had a friend who, who told me at the beginning is one of my spiritual mentors. And he said, Paul, God is going to use your business as a catalyst for your ministry. And, and I've watched that happen. And, and to this day, sometimes I don't know, is my, is my business my ministry? Is my, my yeah. ministry a business? I, and and that's, that's not always easy to walk that out. Um, Correct. But I think becoming authentic is really God's heart where we can be who God made us in whatever circle we're with. And, and as men, it's, it's, I think, particularly more difficult because we do want to compartmentalize, you know, and it's just Absolutely. a natural way that God made our brains to operate. Yeah, 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 totally agree, totally agree. So thinking about the past week, uh, and we have just had the, the coronation weekend over here as we record this in, in the UK. Uh, so we've taken some time, we went walking in Yorkshire. So, you know, we've really been enjoying God's kingdom and looking around his creation uh, in, in that format as well, and just taking it all in and walking. What's something that you like to share, Paul, that's something good in the past week that you're grateful for? And as I, and sometimes I realise that it might not be something that actually is that good, but you can still be grateful for it. But you know, what from the past week would you like to be grateful for? Uh, similar to what you said, you know, I'm, I live in New England, you know, the, the Northeast United States, and uh, we have a lot of clouds a lot of the year. We have three months during the winter where we just don't see much sun. And so I'm very thankful for the sun. I'm thankful for spring and the, the colors and the flowers and the foliage is all opened up. Um, so I, I just, I'm, I'm thankful for the color. But on the, the note of the coronation, I'm also, I've always looked at the UK something very beautiful. Queen Elizabeth was just such an amazing person. And I know this is coming from an American. You mm. you, you know way more than I do about the Queen uh, in the monarchy as well. But as, as, as Christians, you know, that woman just, she was such a person of integrity. She understood her role. Um, and she made so many sacrifices to fill that role because she really believed the, 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 how do I, how do I put this? And it, my wife has said it this week as well, how, um, you know, e even, even them anointing King Charles, you know, yeah. for this position, they believe they're partnering with God, that God has chosen this line yeah. to, to rule the UK. And, it, and it's beautiful for when, when, when the, authority of man partners with the authority and the structure that God has established. Yeah. There's power in that. And for, for, for a world power like the UK to still do that, to still hold to that, um, that just, that just, there's something in me that just the spirit of God in me just resounds with that. It's yeah, so yeah. powerful. Um, and again, I think you understand that more than I do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a but. I certainly do, and and my family. Yeah, I mean, my my gran uh, actually was a maid uh, to the Queen Mother, so to Elizabeth's mother. You know, she oh. she served in the palace. You know, uh, in the very early 1900s. So, and she was always in awe of the Queen uh, and the Queen Mother. And I think there's a level of service there. But one of the things, Paul, just to pick up on it, and I, you know, whether you're royalist or or not doesn't make any difference to this. What I'm about to say. But the thing that I 
was so so pleased about uh, was the fact that and I was a little I was doubting it a little bit because Charles can be sometimes trying to please everybody and obviously the monarch has to try and do that and Queen Elizabeth I think did an, an amazing job of balancing pleasing everybody but still anchoring it to God you know every single Christmas Day talk mentioned God and her service of God in it for for all of the years that she she served uh, and Prince Charles I thought well King Charles as he now is I thought might compromise that a little bit and when I heard that he was going to talk about all faiths okay uh, I start I started thinking oh is this the dilution of you know Christianity here in the UK but I don't know if if any of you I don't know if you Paul watched it at all but the prayer that he uh, took when he was coronated mentioned multiple faiths and bringing multiple faiths together but everything was done in the name of Jesus Christ wow. so there was no compromise there was no uh, oh there's a there's a God but we'll just leave the question mark over the son of God and there's a question mark over Jesus no it was wow. yes we'll accept and we'll be open to other people and we're all going to collaborate and we're all going to work together for the better of good in serving Jesus Christ and and that for me was quite exceptional and that mm. took a big person to do that and to say that I'm not here to be served I'm here to serve and to reference the Gospels in doing that as well so yeah um, uh, something again it's his business isn't it you know the monarchy is his business it's his job and he still managed to bring Jesus into that. And that as everything we were just talking about there was very relevant to the coronation as well. As well. Wow. So, yeah. That's beautiful. So if you were thinking about the latest or most significant thing in business that you've had to question or that you've had to deal with in a Christian way, is there any example, any story that you'd like to share of how you've dealt with that? Yeah, it's, uh, I'll, I'll share basically the last six months, I'd say, um, you know, when I joined, when I joined the John Maxwell team, it was a dream come true. You know, at the beginning it was, it was a long honeymoon period. Uh, every time I turned around, God was, was showing me other benefits and an alignment for who I was, who I am. Uh, but I've hit roadblocks along the way. The first one was personal growth and development. And when I first started to do mastermind groups and I was, I was, I stepped into coaching pretty rapidly. It was, it was something I was very natural at. I realized that there was some, some, some tension between what I was doing and, and, and kingdom values and the, and the way that we do things, uh, as Christians. And the personal growth and development, it seemed like there was a lot of striving, a lot of uh, your your own effort, self-will, yeah. just a lot of self in it. And, and I, I struggle with that. And I remember a lot of the, the people that I had in my original masterminds, I, I, I started with some free masterminds. Some of them were really turned off and I, and I and I knew why they were turned off, but I just couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, because personal growth and development has transformed my life. I, I love yeah. it. I, I, yeah. I, I eat, live and breathe it. I just absolutely love it uh, because God has made me a teacher and an equipper. Uh, so I, I kind of came through that and realized I'm not going to drive and grind like a lot of the personal growth industry folks do. 
I'm going to do this at, in rest and at peace. And, and, and it was, it was a, trying to figure out how to navigate this thing. But most recently, I came, came up to another block. Uh, and I think you as a coach will understand this. We help people discover their purpose. We help people discover their identity uh, so that they can live authentically as who God has made them to be. Definitely. And I realized there was some tension around that. And, and I was helping people. But every time I asked, you know, three, three months, six months, I like to stop with all of my coaching clients and just say, hey, what are the three things you're getting the, the most from? And especially if, if somebody's done with the coaching, what, what are the top three things that you've gained from our relationship? Yeah. Number one, consistently, I can't believe how much my walk with God has increased, how the intimacy I have with him uh, has grown. And I'm like, what is this, God? What are you doing? And I, I spent eight hours in worship. And, and I love flagging. I love dancing before the Lord. And this particular worship center where I was at, they did a 50-hour, they called it a 50-hour burn into the new year. And they they worked, wow. They had worship leaders from, from around the region of Western Massachusetts, you know, Connecticut, uh, kind of transitioning so that there was continual worship for 50 hours. And their goal is to do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, prayer and worship. And I... God just rocked me and I saw the power in being in his presence like never before. Here I, I, I'd worship for eight hours and, and you had to, it was so hard to pull myself from that. I could have continued. There was a supernatural grace to worship. I, I had a, God increased my capacity to be able to press in for eight hours and I could have kept going. I didn't want to leave, but I had to get home for my wife and the kids. Yeah. And, and uh, during that time, they had, they had desks and everything set up because some people were writing and God was just downloading ideas. God downloaded ideas. I was journaling for a couple of those hours and God was giving me business ideas and, you know, strategies to break through certain areas that I was struggling with. But he showed me shortly after that, that we have two purposes, two callings, but see the world has, has them inverted. They're trying, to, they're trying to help people with the second calling before the first is established. And the first is the foundation. We've got to have the foundation set. And he said, people are trying to, to fulfill the purpose of, of, of what's, what, I've, what I've put into them for the Great Commission. It's the doing part of us. But the great commandment is the first calling. It's, it's learning about intimacy. It's stewarding that time with me. And it's actually understanding who you are as a son or a daughter of God. You first got to be a child and understand what it's like to live in a place of inheritance where there, there is rest. There, there's an absence of striving where your heavenly daddy, your papa, your God, who, who really is, is the epitome of, of, of a true father, takes care of everything. He opens the doors that need to be opened and he prepares you to take over the family business. And then when you're at that place and secure to keep your heart open, you know, because that's really what sonship is, opening up our hearts and being secure to open it, even with people that could harm it, but because we're so secure in him, Nothing that a, another human being can do can cause us to close that heart. So it's always open like a conduit to receive God's love so that we can pour that love out to others. Then we're ready for the kingdom call, which everybody else is doing. That's the doing part. 
if that yeah. makes sense. Perfect sense. And I've had to write it down there, you know, the sonship. And I, and I think you're right. And many people get caught up in the, the action. You know, we're, we're taught, aren't we, all the time, you know, that we've got to keep moving. We, you know, if you, don't, if you don't grow, you die. You know, you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep active. Uh, yet Jesus in his mission just took so much time. And I'm interested in eight hours of worship. You know, I'm going to a, a prayer and worship uh, tomorrow evening. And that will be probably about two, three hours. Uh, and it is quite intense uh, prayer and worship. And uh, that that feels quite a length of time for me. So we're eight hours and 50 hours. Wow, that's, that's, that's incredible. But it always is important for us to take that time to connect with and to be with God. And I think as business owners, we really, really do struggle with that because we are action-based people. We we don't like to sit on our hands and be lazy and not do anything. And, and being still, I find, I don't know about you, Paul, but I find being still really, really difficult. And you know, I've just been reading a book or listening to a book on how to have a better conversation with with God and you know that stillness and that quietness and that time is so so important but so so difficult particularly when you've got a busy business life because you feel if you're not busy you're not earning you're not providing and you, if you're not earning you're not providing then you can't do God's will anyway it's a real challenge to get that balance right isn't it with those two things it, it is it is hard because we live in this world you know it's such an easy scripture to quote you know we're in the world but not of the world man we're 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 surrounded we're you know john maxwell talks about the law of the environment we're talking all about environment and and the the importance of intentional about being in in god's transformative presence where we're transformed without having to do anything by intentionally seeking him what we behold is what we become we're 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 making it a, a habit to be with him to behold him to adore him to pour out our worship to allow him to fill us and to transform us but we're also in this world that has its own idea of what success is that's another thing that i think we as believers struggle around is what is true success the world defines success as you know financially stable, being able to have anything that you want, owning your time, financial freedom, all of these different things. Financial freedom, you asked earlier, you know, are there any things that you've had tension around? That was a big one. I realized that was how I I got into the the Maxwell leadership team and got into owning and running my own business. But financial freedom's a big old myth. It's, it's, there is no freedom. Anything that draws us away from our dependency on God is bondage, not freedom. And, yeah. and the way that I look at it is if we are a part of an ever-increasing kingdom, you know, of, of the increase of his peace and his government, there shall be no end, Isaiah says. Uh, every, everything is increasing. I'm going to constantly need to be depending on him because as he's, as he's growing us up and maturing us, we're going to need more finances for what he's calling us to step into. Sure. which is going to require more and more trust. You know, scarcity mindset, he's constantly expanding us to have an abundance mindset. When, you know, what does it look like when a million dollars is is scarcity or $10 million is scarcity or $100 million is still scarcity for what God wants to do through us? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think you said quite an important word there, trust, because, you know, we, we of course 
understand as a Christian, we've got to put our trust and our faith in God and in Jesus and the Holy Spirit to, to guide us through that. But in business, as Christians, I find a lot of Christian business owners and people, leaders and managers in business, struggle to be trusting of the people that work for them, trusting of their suppliers, trusting of their team and their staff. And obviously I know you know, you work very much with you know the fit for the business owner but also the fit for the team is when you're working with teams is that something that you see is is something that needs some real attention that trust so let me just make sure i understand the mm. question so you're talking yeah. about from, from from the leader's standpoint yes a, a christian yeah. leader his or her ability to trust their their teammates yeah yeah so they understand the trust in god but then they're less trusting and um I suppose, suspicious of the people that are in their business and serving their business as well. Is that something you find in that team leader dynamic? Sometimes. And I, and I think, I think personality can play a part in this, you know, yep. and personality, I've, I've thought about it myself. How does personality tie into this? You know, do, do fears shape our personalities, you know, and, and when, when fears go, does our personality change? Does it shift? I've, I've thought about all of these mm. things and I don't have, that um i think it's i think it, it all comes back to this place of of sonship though and and learning to make god our security in all things when we when we trust god i think we can trust people one of the things that I, that I, I had a mentor early on this is probably 15 18 20 years ago one of my first uh spiritual fathers after i really gave my heart to the Lord as an adult, he used to say, hey, I might not be able to trust you, but I know I can trust the Christ in you. And, and that is always really, that has really helped me a lot. Uh, if I've got somebody who I know is doing their best to walk with the Lord, you know, I, and, 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 and there has been some, some periods of my own life where where God has, God has had to remind me, hey, you've learned to trust me in this area. Can you trust that I can help this person in that same area? Or you trust me for provisions. Um, it's a little bit of a, a, off on this, but can you trust me that I'll provide for your, your, your children? Or can you yeah. trust me that I'll provide for your friends or your, or your parents uh, the way that you trust that I'll provide for you? Can you believe uh, Matthew 6.33 for them too? Um, so there's, I think there's a lot of dimensions to that, but ultimately, can I, can I trust the Christ in, in people to that. be faithful, complete the work that he started in them the way that I believe for that for myself? Yeah. And I suppose even when people that we work with, suppliers, team, let us down, what we as Christians can do is trust that God is at work in that and that that is for a purpose that perhaps we don't understand yet you know and i've had some some dreadful people in my businesses but looking back on reflection the way that god has sharpened me as a tool to to serve him through that experience with that person you know i now can deal with that kind of person in a completely different way more of a godly way than i did then because i didn't know how to tackle it then so it's almost that that experience of you know, being let down had to come along to give me a better way of handling that kind of personality 
in the future. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I love that, and and trusting the Christ in them, I think is is a great great example of that. I think one more thing too, Simon, is you know you're going to have people that are not believers. You know, you used your wife as an example, mm. um, and I think in in that case, and this is how I started with Maxwell leadership because because John Maxwell was was a a very prominent pastor. Um, and God moved him into the marketplace where he started to have to change the language and take a lot of the Christianese out. He kept the kingdom values, the Christian values. Yeah. And he's, he, he's grown to such a place of influence now that he comes right out and he'll tell people, I learned everything I, I know about leadership from the Bible. Uh, and he's, he's got so much credibility that he can do that at this point. Yeah. Um, but I think finding people that we want to work with that have a values match is a big deal. They may not be a Christian, but if they've got core values, knowing what our values are, are so important. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it makes it a lot easier as a believer because we do have the Bible. The Bible outlines so many of the values that we live by. Um, and, and, and there are people of the world that I'm praying for. And I wonder how in the world, some of them are, have stronger values than some of the believers I know. And I've worked with them as a believer because they have such strong integrity, such strong, um, you know, spirits of excellence and things like that. So partnering with people, being intentional to partner with people of value, of similar values, yeah. I think is very important. Yeah, and I think anybody listening to this, and I, I have done this uh, very early on in, in my business life when I felt I was on a mission to save the waifs and the strays and I deliberately went out for the people who had very bad values. You know, let me find one of the worst people that I can find and I'm going to save them. I'm going to help them. You know, um, and, and it's not God talking to you. I mean, sometimes, yes, it is. and uh, But for me, it definitely wasn't. It was me trying to do God's will my way, not his way. And uh, yeah, that that bad mix did not work at all. And and that that relationship with that person pulled me down. You know, it drew me more towards them than it did draw them towards me and to God. And you know, I literally one day somebody, you know, a mentor of mine just said, Stop stop doing this. You know, you're you you're gonna destroy yourself in this because you know the enemies at work here don't don't let that happen so uh, and i think yeah. i think there's something that that i want to just share with your listeners mm. uh, the list that you know your subscribers and this is coming from my own experience i think i grew up i grew up in the baptist church and 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 every denomination yeah i used to look at denominations as just bad as divisions in the body and and i don't like divisions but on a, on a positive note, every denomination has something that they're very strong in. That's, that's why they, they, sure. they broke off, became a denomination. Uh, but growing up Baptist, the Baptists are very, they have a heart for evangelism. They have a heart for getting people saved and, and bringing them into um, the kingdom of God. And growing up as a boy, that was ingrained in me. You need hmm. to be out evangelizing. Well, guess what? I, I have a pastoral heart. I'm called as an equipper and I'm going to be 43 years old this year. And it was just a year ago that God said, listen, here, if I had worked in, in private Christian schools, I might still be teaching today. But I felt based on, on 
I realized that, that I was carrying some guilt and some condemnation. I felt like I needed to be in, in this, the world sector, evangelizing, being a light to those that don't know the Lord. When God all along wired me to be a pastor and to be an equipper for his people. Yeah. And, and it took me till I was 42 years old <laughs> last year to finally let go of those things, to repent for carrying that and, and, and walking not in obedience, like you said, I was, I, it was more for me. It was, it was about yeah. being led by condemnation and guilt without, it was subconscious. We as coaches get this yeah. and God brought it to my conscious awareness that it's okay. Would you ever expect a pastor, Paul, to go out to bars every night of the week to minister to the unsaved? Yeah. No, because they would, they can't leave their flock and the people yeah. that need them to go out to the bars, that's where the evangelists belong. That's where people that I've called to that realm belong because that yeah. they're gonna flow yeah. in their sweet spot. So I wanna just, if that's you and, and, and you're a business owner and you feel like you need to be in a certain sector, God may have called you to the church arena, you know, to, to, to Christians in particular and be sensitive to those things because that's where you're going to blossom. That's where your business is going to thrive is, is where you're aligned with how he's made you to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God's time is very important. You know, I remember writing down on my first ever business and writing down with my coach then he said, what do you want to be? You know, let's look at your plans. And I said, well, let's look when I get to 50. So when I get to 50, I want to be a, a business coach or consultant. I, I had no idea what a business coach or consultant was. I just signed up with one and I thought, this guy looks pretty good. I'd quite like to do that. And how on earth did I understand God's timing of bringing me into, you know, and I left my construction business, which was very stifling uh, in business as a Christian. I left that, became a coach, which has been liberating and freeing as a Christian um, eight years early. You know, uh, because of the banking crisis, it didn't feel good at the time, but it feels amazing now. And yeah, you know, here I am talking about my faith and, and my journey with Christ to business owners uh, and to you listeners. And I never knew when I set that when I was going to be 50. I had no idea of timing, but God knew what time that was going to be right for me. So as you said, Paul, 42 years old, but in God's time, that was the right time, wasn't it? And sometimes we try to push that and we try to, to tweak that, don't we, and make it our timing again. And God's timing is always the best timing, I found. Amen. And you know, I've, I've thought about you when, when you sent me the email about this transition you made. Mm. I thought, hmm, I'd like to hear about the tension and, and, and the fears around stepping in. Because I know for me, when God called me to step into serving Christians, I thought, God, the last two years of my business, I've been building it with the secular community. My networking connections, all of my networking are all with people of the world. What is this going to look like? Yeah. How do I make this transition? I still have not changed my LinkedIn profile or my website to be strictly Christian yet because timing is really important. And let's face it, part of it is my my personality. I, I'm I've never been an early adopter. Yes, I've never been. Yeah. Okay, let's jump in full force. I'm okay, God. Let's let's walk gently, God. This is scary. This could be business suicide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've worked really hard for this, and again, I have to remind myself. Okay, God, I know I've heard from you. This is not my business. I'm simply a steward of this business. Help me to keep that into perspective. Give me discernment. 
but timing is very, very important and really making sure, okay, is this really you, God? I'm cool if it's you. We're going to go into this. It's your business anyway. Here we go. Yeah. But I'd I love, think, I would love to hear that. And maybe you've talked about that with, with other podcasts, but I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. What is that? What has that tension been like for you as you've made this transition? Oh yeah. Um, in, incredibly challenging. Uh, and uh, yeah, the word I would use is that I found really difficult is discernment, you know, because there are so many voices going off in our heads as business owners. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the activity on minds very rarely are still, and I really struggle with that. Uh, so discerning, you know, is this something God is trying to tell me to do? Is it, is it me? Am I just trying to be in front? You know, am I trying to be, you know, in the driving seat of, of this rather than letting, you know, God take the wheel. Uh, and I love the Carrie, um, uh, is it Carrie Underwood? Jesus take the wheel great song you know and sometimes i just need to take my hands off and just say you know what jesus you take the wheel uh, and that has been my mantra paul through all of this time i have had to stop many times and say do you know what i am holding on to this wheel way too tight for way too long jesus you need to take take the wheel uh, and that has been a, a real real challenge as as you were talking there one of the things that really for for me has been that the timing side of it is I tell all of my clients you can't build it and hope that they would come I call it the the Kevin Costner effect you remember Field of Dreams the film where he he builds it and they they come I say you know as a business owner you can't do that you know you can't build it and hope it come and I've spent all of my time Paul and listeners in my business believing that you know uh, the opposite you know, I've got to get people to come. I've got to gauge the interest. I've got to do things before uh, I, you know, I, I build anything out. And what I've realized is that with God, it's the complete opposite. We have to put our faith in him. I will build it and God will bring people to it. You know, like the podcast, you know, 200, over 220 guests. And I would say over those 220, 60 of those guests have talked about their Christian faith in that. You know, wow. such a high proportion. I didn't build it as a Christian podcast. I just built the podcast led by God and he brought the people in into my life and into that and into the lives of other people through that. Um, and that, Paul, has been the most interesting flip for me is putting my faith in that, you know, uh, I have to discern, is this something that God wants me to do? And if I need if I discern that and I realize that I can build it, then I know I have that trust and that faith in God that people will come. And that has been a real, real difficulty. And with this podcast, you know, I, I said it's been six months in the making. There are many times where I've prayed over this podcast and, and nobody responded. Nobody's responded to my outreaches. And I've literally sat there and thought, you know, do you know what? Am I trying to build something and nobody's going to come to it? But again, it comes back to God's timing. There was a real sense of, I had one introduction to one person. And I spoke to that one person and that one person confirmed, now is the right time. And within weeks, you know, I've got 15, 16 guests lined up. Wow. So wow. Um, discernment and building it 
in faith that God will fulfill it uh, is is definitely my journey and the last few years have definitely been a transition of that because I am very much a person that likes to hold on to the wheel have control of where I'm going and that is is not good and I bring it listeners all the way back round to where Paul started the biggest difference has been having that two-way conversation with God throughout yeah. every single day and I used to pray about all the business sorry all the personal stuff now I pray about everything in business as well all day long Amen. I never stop yeah uh, and it is it's just like I've got a business partner sat on a desk in the corner of the room you know Jesus is sat there and if I've got a question I just ask him and yeah. I think if we can do more of that in our businesses and put more as Jesus you know, as the partner in our business that we can just ask just have a conversation uh, and sometimes like a business partner he'll just say I'm doing the accounts I'm getting my head down and sometimes you have to say okay I'll wait yeah but that is hard you know and, and one thing too that I, I think this is something that I've been pondering you know and, and I think about I think about Joshua I'll use Joshua as an example in the, in the Bible you know he Moses raised him up to 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 take the people into the promised land and Joshua was a man of the presence of God, you know, and mm. when, when Moses would go on and work with the people, oftentimes you, you read in, in, in the, uh, in the, the books of the law, how Joshua stayed in the presence. He stayed there. Yeah. But when he got really busy, he lost that, he lost that, that intentionality of really staying in the presence of God. And I think that's a challenge for us as leaders, especially business owners, we've got to keep we've got to keep Christ front and center. He's got to, you know, he's got to be the he's got to get the first fruits of our time. And and like you talked about, you really talked about unbroken fellowship. Um, there are seasons of life where, yeah, we might be face down for four hours and we might be in that word and, and be worshiping him. And, and there are seasons that he draws us apart where it doesn't seem like anything's happening. But he's saying, hey, this is this is this is a planting season. I want you to tend some plants. Let's nurture this relationship. And then there are seasons where it is go, 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 go. And we, during those slow times, we learn, we learn how to cultivate that, his presence and that, that place of intimacy on the go so that we can have that, that level of unbroken fellowship. Like you're talking about yeah. where you've got a seat right here at the table and we're constantly talking to each other throughout the day. Um, it's really easy to just say, I, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so busy, I've gotten so busy, but we've got to keep, be intentional about blocking out that time, Lord, this is time for us. Yeah. I, need, I need to be in your presence. There's, and there's, there's, a, there's a place of that presence that's one-on-one, -on -one, and there's a place of corporate presence, because when we come together as the body of Christ, I believe we each carry a part of Christ within us. And when we come together, there's more of him intact. The glory is stronger. The yeah. presence of God yeah. is, is more tangible. I go, I receive revelation and go to different places with the Lord in a corporate setting than I can go in, in my one-to-one -one time with him. I need to be in that place so much that we made it a point this year to make sure my kids are in that presence. I don't care if they're playing Legos off in a corner <laughs> or, or coloring because they're young. I just want them in that environment, that transformative environment of God's God's presence. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think, you know, that answers the, the penultimate question of a tip. And I think, you know, that's a great thing that each of the listeners could go away and look at that unbroken fellowship. And, you know, what we've just talked through there together, I think is something, listeners, that, you know, you should almost rewind and listen to that again, because that is so important, you know, to us in maintaining our our Christian life in our business life. So, Final question, Paul. If you could leave the listeners with some words of encouragement on their journey of faith and business, what what would you like to to leave them with? Hmm. Encouragement. Hmm. Um, the first thing that's coming to my mind is joy. You know, yeah. the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and you know, righteousness, peace, and joy. It says it in Romans. And I think we focus a lot on righteousness and peace, but we forget about the joy aspect. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. I think everything that you're saying, you talked about, I build it and, and, and God brings the people in. But I think even in the building, God wants to do it with us. I, I, I would say follow the grace you know, right now there's not a grace for me on social media. And that's hard for me because I have built such an amazing community. You're one of those people that I that I met mm-hmm. through LinkedIn. I miss that community. And, and now that the pandemic's over, it's hard to navigate. During the pandemic, it was all one. We were all online. Yes. Now again, it's kind of back to we've got an in-person audience and we've got a digital group of, 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 of friends and, and connections and a network. But right now, I just I've 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 had to take a break from social media. That's not where God wants me. There's not a grace for it. So follow the grace so that you can live in the place of of, of joy. But but be intentional about asking God to show you joy. Joy is not natural for a lot of Christians. It's not natural. For me. It's something that I that I'm I'm working to make natural. But there's so. There, there's so much freedom when we can be joyful, when we can laugh, when we can make light of the things that, that are typically so serious. Yeah. Um, I would just encourage you, make joy something intentional uh, yeah. in, in your business, in your life, in your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And I want to add just one thing to that, listeners, if I can. I know we've, we've, we've gone on for quite some time, but I think we've covered so many important topics. One of the things that I do that I love doing is exercising on on my on my bike. I've got a bike in the in the gym, and I love getting on the bike. And I love um, uh, the the Peloton app. I don't have a Peloton bike, but I use the Peloton app, and they've got a list of instructors. And I love going on the bike. And one day, God said to me, "Search for Christian rides." Wow. And there is a guy on there. I can't remember the guy's name now but they do gospel bike rides. And that took my level of joy of something that's exercise and it's good for my body, I'm looking after the temple, to actually do it to somebody who is shouting out at the top of his voice in front of an audience, praise the Lord and playing gospel music. So we can find joy in the strangest places if we look for it. Yes. And sometimes it yeah. doesn't come and slap you around the face and say, look, here I am. Sometimes we have to go looking for it. And yeah, I couldn't believe it. I searched for this guy, uh, just searched you know, Christian bike rides, 
Christian you know, ride, and there he was. Uh, and it's it's an amazing thing to bring the two together as well. So yes, listeners, go and find that joy, definitely. Love that. Paul, thank you for being a great guest. You've been an absolute pleasure to talk to, and I know the listeners will have taken so many insights away from that, and I know uh, that you know, the, the word of God has really you know, been transferred to these people listening to this podcast through through the conversations we've had. And is it okay with you if I, I close with the, the usual prayer, if that's okay? Absolutely. Yeah. So, dear Heavenly Father, we pray that this podcast episode will give someone on their journey of faith and business, join them closer to you. It will guide them. We give you all the glory and the praise, giving thanks that we can serve your will. And we certainly give you thanks for what we've been able to do today. Pour your blessing and grace on us and everyone listening in to this podcast. And we pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Business as a Christian podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes and be sure to leave us a review. Thanks for listening.